uh, you know, maybe just send an encouraging text um, to them today in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to the book of Psalms chapter 3. Amen. Thank you, Bishop Elms, for speaking to us. Amen. And uh, here at Apostolic Revival Center, we honor our elders, and uh, we will always honor our elders in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Hallelujah. We're thankful for previous generations that have made it possible for this generation to uh, be apostolic. Amen. Hallelujah. And uh, we're grateful for that in Jesus' name. I want to preach to us something that I feel in my heart today. Psalms chapter 3 and verse number 1. David writes, Lord, how are they increased that trouble me? Many are they that rise up against me. Many there be which say of my soul, there is no help for him in God, say law. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me, my glory, and the lifter up of my head. I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and he heard me out of his holy hill, say law. I laid me down and slept and awake, for the Lord sustained me. I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, save me, O my God, for thou hast smitten all my enemies upon the cheekbone, and thou hast broken the teeth of the ungodly. Salvation belongeth unto the Lord. Thy blessing is upon thy people. Selah. David is writing this and he comes to a revelation. But thou, O Lord, art a shield for me. You are my glory and you are the lifter up of my head. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on that subject. The lifter of my head. The lifter of my head. Would you set down your Bibles? Let's pray all across this building today. Hallelujah. Would you join with us? Let's lift up our voice and let's talk to Jesus for a few moments. Hallelujah. Lord, we love you. We thank you today, God. We thank you for the opportunity to gather together into this house. Lord, we're praying that you would speak to us, God, that you would... Uh, let your word minister in, in, the, in the way that only it can do, God. Give us ears to hear and a heart to respond to this word in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. God bless you. You may be seated for a few moments today. The lifter of my head. There is in our world a universal pressure that is almost an unwritten rule of our society and our world. And that is the idea or the concept that we are to be happy at all times. There is that pressure that would dictate to you and I that we are to always have a smile on our face. When asked the question, how are you doing? You are supposed to respond, oh, I'm great, brother. I'm doing fine. There is the pressure that when you roll up even today to church, 
maybe even arguing with your spouse that when you see the pastor, you're to smile and wave. There is a pressure that is uh, even more prevalent in our current society with the advent of uh, social media, Snapchat, TikTok, Wickwalk, whatever they're going to make up next, Instagram, Facebook, that your life has got to be a happy representation of the very best that there is. When you go on vacation, you only tell them about the great food you had and not the food poisoning that came after. When you take a picture of your family, you don't show your kids punching one another. You only show them smiling as if they love one another. People today are interested in only showing forth the good that they've got going on. Nobody talks about or posts about their uh, days where the laundry is stacked up higher than they probably should have let it get to, where the dishes are unwashed. You'll never see a picture like that. Nobody will tell you about the days where they were sick and uh, they didn't want to get out of bed, but they're going to talk to you and tell you about how they went to the gym uh, that morning. They're going to tell you about the smoothie they drank. They're going to post a selfie that none of us want to see and none of us care to see uh, because they want you to know that their life is great. If their life is not perfect, they've got a filter for that to make it look perfect. If there's something out of order or off color, you can just remove it from the frame of the photo. And unfortunately, this pressure has been pushed off onto individuals in their life because it's not just enough for them to see it from their friends and their family, but now uh, it's being pushed from every avenue that if you're going to be happy, this is what your life should look like. And if you're going to be happy, this is the kind of car you need to drive. And they've used this pressure to market to people. And they've used this pressure to cause people to go into debt to impress people they don't even like. And it's used this pressure to cause people to think that if you smoke this, you'll be happy. If you inject that, you'll have joy. If you, if you get a new relationship on this app, everything's going to be better. And your life's going to be good. And if you drive this kind of car, you're going to be happy like the family they show you. There's a pressure to always be joyful and always be happy. And the danger is when it starts creeping from the outside world of marketing and social media and it starts making its way into the daily lives of individuals. And I've come to preach to those individuals here today because each and every one of us is feeling that pressure that everything's got to be good and everything's got to be happy and everything's got to be fine. But you just got to talk to somebody for a little bit of time that's been through a, a few things and they've experienced life a little bit longer and, and sometimes they've experienced the dark days and the hard times that you talk to them and they will tell you that there's another truth that nobody wants to talk about that there are hard times and there are dark days and there are pains that you wish you never had to experience there are days where everybody says you ought to be happy but all you feel like doing is laying down in bed and crying your tears on your pillow I came to really minister to somebody today about there's a God that will lift up your head hallelujah why don't we lift up our hands for a moment Come on, there's people right now that you are enduring that pressure. I want you to pray about it right now.
I believe God's going to help us this afternoon. I believe God's going to deliver us this afternoon. Man, we don't often want to talk about those hard times and those dark days. I know what it is that when you are continually trying to encourage others, you can't often uh, explain and express to them where you currently are. Amen. I understand that when we are telling people we're good, we're actually trying to lift burdens off their shoulders and not add our own onto them. Now, we all know the person that only wants to talk about all the trouble they've seen. Don't be that, that person. Amen. God wants to help you with that as well. But, but, but there is that pressure that you don't want to talk about all of the negatives and all of the hard things and and, and what I love about the Bible is it's not afraid to delve into those subjects. It is not like our current uh, society where it only pushes forth the good things and it only tells us about the happy moments. But it, it, it rakes back the veil of, of human decency and it rakes back the veil of, of just that idea that we've always got to have it together. And it begins to tell us the real story. The verse that I'm reading out of today, Psalms chapter 3, if you have a Bible like mine, you will read it, and you won't just read the words that are penned, but you'll read a little heading. Psalms chapter 3 is a psalm of David when he was running away and he was fleeing from Absalom, his son. David was having one of those moments where he, he was going through something we call the real world and real life that gets brutal and gets difficult. And I thank God for his word that it wants to talk about it here today. Amen. David is overwhelmed by all that's going on in his life. David is being overtaken by all of the negativity that is surrounding him. David is in a position where he is running for his life, not from an enemy, not from an adversary, not from the devil, but he is running for his life from his own flesh and blood. Amen. He's running from this, this son that he has tried to raise. Amen. If you remember the story of Absalom, I'll tell you for a moment. Absalom was his son that was, was most likely going to be king, but he didn't want to wait his turn. He wanted to step into position and be king now. And so he found himself a place in the gate and he heard all of the people's woes and all of the people's troubles and he listened to all of the things that were going wrong in their life and he began to tell them, well, if I was king, you'd never have to deal with that. That sounds like a politician to me. If I was king, if I was president, if you voted me in, that you'd never have to worry about that. It's not part of my notes, but I just want to tell you, if you ever get around somebody that tells you that they'll fix all your problems, run. If you ever get around somebody that has all the answers for your life and they're not Jesus, you better run for your life. Because they won't make your life any better. They'll end up making your life worse. They won't bring peace, but they'll bring war. You know, this is what I'm talking about. The, the individual that comes by and says, well, if you were married to me, it'd be all better. I want to tell you, if they'll do it with you, they'll do it to you. And they want to tell you that it's grass is greener over on this side. But I've learned in life the grass is not greener on the other side. The grass is usually greener over a septic tank. 
It's usually greener, amen, in some negative places. Amen. I want to tell you the grass is always greener, amen, in some of those positions. But the grass is also greener where you water it. Amen. And you don't got to listen to those other voices that say, well, if you come over here, you'll be happier. I'll tell you what will happen if you stay where you are and you work it to the best of your ability, you'll be happier. If you pray right where you are, you'll be happier. If you work right where you are, you'll be happier. Oh, somebody give God praise. Hallelujah, that one's for free. You can buy me a cheeseburger later for the next one. But, but you got to be careful for those people that tell you it'll be better with me, it'll be better with this, it'll be better at that job, it'll be better. Oh, And it's always the next addiction. It's the next relationship that'll make it better. It's the next high that'll get better. It's, and they present this, but they are, they are full of the devil. They are not telling you the truth because, amen, there was no place in Absalom's life where he was anointed of God to be king. He wanted to step into position, and no doubt if he would have just waited a long time and learned from his father, the anointing would eventually have hit his life. But instead, he wanted it, and he wanted it now. And so he decided he was going to get enough people on his side where they would, they would now turn on David, the one that was called of God and anointed of God. And there's moments like that where you get enough people where you feel like you got influence, and you abuse that influence to not help people, but to help your agenda. Amen. I rebuke you in Jesus name. You got to you got to you got to let your anointing, you got to let your calling, you got to let your influence help people be better and help people grow and help people become. Amen. But some people don't want to help you become, they want you to help them become. Amen. And Absalom's got this mindset, and he gets enough people to come with him and when he feels like he's finally got enough to stage a coup, he does it. On his own father. Have you ever been betrayed by somebody? Raise your hand. Have you ever been betrayed by somebody that you loved? You ever been betrayed by somebody you cared about? You ever been betrayed by an old friend? You ever been betrayed by an ex-spouse? You ever been betrayed by a family member? You ever been betrayed by a child? You ever been betrayed, amen, maybe it wasn't a person, but maybe it was a job. Maybe it was a boss. Maybe it was something you thought that it was going to be all right, but something else came in, and what you thought was going to happen, something else happened. Amen, maybe you've never been betrayed by a person, but maybe you've been betrayed by life itself because you you look around at the pressure I talked about a moment ago and you see everybody else's life and you think to yourself I feel betrayed because my life was not supposed to be like that and you feel betrayed because uh, it wasn't supposed to go that direction uh, I mean I came to preach pe to preach to people that have experienced that and have felt that 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 that, that life itself has turned on you uh, amen and betrayed you uh, what do you do when everything turns against you, when you feel like it should be for you, but now it's turned on its head and it's against you. What do you do in those moments? David had experienced betrayal before. He'd been betrayed by Saul. He had had spears thrown at him. Amen. Let me just say this. Betrayal today leads to suspicion tomorrow. David had been betrayed before. And there's people in this building that you maybe have gotten past the betrayal, but you've not gotten past the scars of betrayal. Because if you've ever been lied on, you think everybody's lying to you. 
If you've ever been mistreated, you think everybody's going to mistreat you. If you've ever been cheated on, you think everybody's going to cheat on you. Uh, amen. If you've, ever, if you've ever had your life that we talked about on Wednesday where your eyes have become polluted because of the wrong somebody has done to you or life's done to you, you can get jaded and you can get to the place where, uh, amen, your head hangs down and it feels like it can never come up. And all you can see is what you're going through and all you can see is what you've been through. Oh, somebody pray and lift up your hands. Come on, let's pray for a moment. There's people right now that God wants to help us today. God wants to really get dig down deep and start doing some delivering. Amen. Of the scars that you have that you have in your life. Amen. And the wounds that you have in your life because of betrayal of somebody else. Amen. Now you look at your current spouse, the way that your ex-spouse treated you, and you look at those that have, amen, not done anything wrong, and you start bleeding on people that haven't cut you. Amen. That's the dangers of becoming bitter and offended. Amen. And getting betrayed and, and letting it get down and dig its roots, amen, into your heart as you start looking at people that have never done you any wrong and, and now you think everybody's out to get you. Got to be careful of those moments because to a thief, everybody's a thief. And David is in this moment, he's been betrayed again. I only can imagine what David's going through because now it's a betrayal that instead of Stopping him from getting to the throne. It's a betrayal that is taking him from the throne. In other words, it's a betrayal that's not just from Saul stopping him from going forward in life. But it is a betrayal that is now taking him from where he is in elevated position and bringing him down. Amen. I want to tell you that this moment in David's life is one of the lowest moments he has ever encountered. It's one of the lowest blows you could ever deal for a child, amen, to betray their father. Amen. For a, a, a flesh and blood betrayal. Amen. Jesus would later say this. I was wounded in the house of my friend. Amen. There's nothing worse than somebody you should have been able to trust that has undone your trust. And somebody you should have had, amen, faith in that has undone that faith. And David is now walking out of Jerusalem. And the Bible would say this, amen, in 2 Samuel 15 and 30, how David left. The Bible said, and David went up by the way of ascent to the Mount of Olivet. Should have been, amen, a good moment. Every other time he descended up this place, uh, he had joy and he was full of excitement. But today was a different day. Uh, amen. Instead of being full of joy and happiness, uh, the Bible says David went and he wept as he went up. Uh, amen. I know that there's moments of life where there is some elevation and you should feel good about it. But there's moments when the, the pressure of life says you should be excited. That, amen. There's times where even though you're going up... Uh, Amen. You are weeping as you go up. Let me just say this for a moment. Amen. Sometimes it's the betrayals that happen in life that are a cause and effect. Amen. Their betrayal causes an elevation in your life. And there's times where you didn't want to ever experience it. You didn't ever want to encounter it. But had it not been for those moments, you'd have never got to that elevated position. Can I preach 
to you, had it not been for a Judas, Jesus would have never made it on the cross. Had it not been for the hard times, you'd have never made it to where you are today. Amen. And I know it's difficult, maybe where you are now, but I want to tell you, it's still taking you up. Oh, somebody give God praise. Amen. David's going up the mountain, and he's weeping as he goes. And the Bible says he has his head covered, and he's barefoot. I want you to think about this for a moment. David had a crown on his head just a few moments ago. David had the nicest shoes on his feet that money could buy. He was one of the wealthiest people in the world. But there was a moment in his life where when he left the throne, he left the crown behind, he left the nice shoes behind, all the goodness had been taken and stolen from him. And the Bible even declares that all the people that went with him, they also covered their head. And they were weeping as they went. Amen. And David gets many people coming. And they're letting him in on the up-to-date news of how the coup's going. And one by one, they show up to David, and they say, remember your friend to hit the fell. Remember the one you trusted. Not only did your son betray you, not only have you had the throne taken from you, but I want to I let you know, unfortunate news, David, that even your friend to hit the fell that was with you is now also one of the conspirators. I want you to notice what David's going through. Amen. He's been barefoot and he's got his head covered and no doubt as he's going up amen the bible puts special emphasis on the fact that he's barefoot and so is everybody else they're looking down at their feet because all they can see right now in how they feel amen is what they're going through at the current moment and they got their head bowed over and one by one somebody shows up and says this person also betrayed you and this also went wrong. Anybody ever experienced a moment like that where you started like this and one by one the news came like Job and a little bit here and a little bit there and a little bit there until one day all you can see is where you are currently. Came to preach to somebody here today. Let's pray for a moment. There's people right now that that's exactly where you are and God sent a preacher to help you. Let's pray for a moment. Come on. You got your head bowed over. Maybe it's not physically. Maybe you showed up and said, ah, everything's all right, Pastor. But, but you got your head bowed over today. I want to tell you there's something that's going to change in this building. Mm, I feel the Holy Ghost. He's got his head bowed over. And then he gets another rumor. The Bible declares, many there are that say, there is no help for him in God. You ever been in such a terrible situation where they look at you and they say, not even God can help you? Not even God can help these individuals. Not even God can turn their life around. 
They're so messed up. And no doubt at this moment, the Bible tells us David, he's got the priest following him with the, with the ark. And, and he hears this rumor, and David, with his head hanging down, uh, he tells the priest, uh, you know what, uh, uh, maybe they're right. You can take the ark back to Jerusalem. Uh, and maybe God can't even help me. You can, you can take the presence of God back, and, and I'll just keep walking, uh, amen, with my head hanging low. And, and David's experiencing, uh, amen, all of this trepidation and all of this fear and, and all of this anxiety and all of this pain and all of this betrayal and no doubt uh, when he hears that not even God can help him uh, his mind begins to wander back because uh, this is how condemnation works uh, when you're going through it uh, amen condemnation will say you deserve it uh, and David got a memory uh, of when he should have been in battle he was up on a rooftop uh, looking down at Bathsheba and he's thinking maybe uh, maybe they're right uh, maybe I'm getting everything I deserve. Maybe uh, I only deserve uh, amen to have the throne taken from me. Uh, amen. Lord, uh, you're right. Uh, I don't deserve uh, amen the kingdom. I, I know I was anointed way back then before I made the mistake but now that I made the mistakes uh, I don't deserve it anymore. And, uh, amen. He starts blaming himself uh, for the way that others are treating him and starts blaming himself uh, for what he's going through. I'm preaching real good to some folks. Amen. I want to I want to rebuke condemnation for a moment. Amen. Just because you're going through it, amen, doesn't mean you deserve it. Let me just say that again. Just because you're going through it at the moment doesn't mean you deserve it. And just because you're there right now doesn't mean you'll always be there. And just because you're experiencing, amen, some hardships right now doesn't mean it'll always be that way. Somebody ought to clap your hands and give God praise. And David, his head's hanging down. He's remembering Bathsheba. He's remembering all that he's done wrong. And he's leaving the city barefoot with his head hanging down. He's at the very place of giving up. Anybody ever been there? Maybe you're here they're, they're right now. And David's thinking, well, the throne, the throne is gone and the crown's gone. And, well, it's over for me. No doubt, as we read through our, the book of Psalms, what David later pins down, David begins to remember, wait a minute. I am not defined by my crown. I am not defined by the throne I sit on or the people that follow me or don't follow me. I am not defined by what I go through or what I experience. I am not defined by the situations that life brings me or other people through their selfish needs and desires bring to me. I am not defined by betrayal or the scars that other people have given me. David begins to think, oh my goodness, I almost forgot that thou, O oh Lord, you're my shield. I, I forgot, amen, that in all of this defense of myself, that you're the one that defends me when I can't defend myself. 
Let me preach to somebody. Amen. We serve a God that helps those that can't help themselves. We serve a God that can help those that that everybody else says there's no hope for them. There's no help for them. God loves worst case scenarios. God loves stepping into places. And David began to remember, God, you defended me against a giant. You defended me against a lion. You defended me against a bear. You defended me against Saul. You defended me against Spears. And God, you're going to defend me because I'm not the shield. You're the shield. Somebody ought to give God praise. And David began to remember. My glory was not wrapped up in a crown. My glory was not wrapped up in a position or a title. My glory was not wrapped up uh, in having everything go right. My glory was not wrapped up in how much I had or did not have in the bank account. My glory was not wrapped up in being able to tell everybody it's all good and it's all right. But my glory was wrapped up in the God that called me before I ever had the throne. My glory was wrapped up in a God that called me. It been long before I had an army. My God, somebody ought to give God praise today. Now, oh, Lord, I'm my shield. You are my glory. And no doubt David began to remember the day that the anointing oil began to flow down his head. As a young 14-year-old boy, he had never been king. But from that very moment, he was anointed to be king. Let me just say this. Where you are right now does not define who you are. He had to remember, I might not be on the throne right now, but I was anointed to be king before I had a throne. I might not be, amen, the people's favorite right now, but before there was ever people to even know my name, there was a God that knew my name. I might not have an army right now, but before I had an army, I had a God that delivered me. Oh, somebody ought to give God a hand clap of praise for a moment. Somebody needs to remember where God found you. And remember, even though you're going through it right now, if you just could remember for a moment that God called you when you had nothing. And if you have nothing now, he's going to make. If he made a way before, he can make a way again. If God did it before, God can do it again. If God ever put a crown on your head before, he can. David is there and he remembers my glory is not defined by my throne. I can sit, amen, on a stack of hay like I did at 14 and I'm still a king. Let me help somebody here today that always defines, amen, who they are in God by what they're going through. When God called you, he called you and that was it. It was settled regardless of where you are. Hallelujah. Amen. I want you to know, amen, that, that, that my name's Evan. And whether I'm in the hospital, my name's still Evan. Uh, whether I am at the whether I am at Fort Knox uh, emptying out the vault, uh, my name's still Evan. Uh, I want to tell you, when God called you and I, uh, he, he, he already defined out uh, that regardless of what you went through, uh, who you were, uh, amen, did not change. Mm. 
I wish somebody hear me today. David, your glory's not wrapped up in all those other things. Amen. How you feel does not change God's calling on your life. Your circumstance does not define the destiny that God has prepared for you. David began to remember God called me to be king. And I may not have throne, I may not have followers, but I'm as much royalty now as I was when I was anointed as a shepherd. Amen. David got a revelation in this moment. Your Lord, you're my shield. And Lord, you are my glory. But he got another revelation as he's walking with looking down at his old dirty feet. And he's thinking when I had dirty feet all that time ago when I was in the sheepfold. I remember God anointed me no matter how dirty I was at the moment. I remember God called me no matter what I had to walk through. I know that God called me. This is why David could pen the words, yes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, there's moments where you got to look down and you see the valley and you see the trouble and you see the problems, but you remember, I got a God that's with me through it all. Somebody ought to stand and clap your hands all across the building. Oh, somebody give God praise today. Come on, somebody ought to declare it, Lord. You're my glory. Amen, you're my glory. I put my trust in you. Amen, and David remains standing. David got a moment as he's looking down. See the problem with looking down? When you look down at your feet, you don't see your future. When you look at where you are, you can't, see, you can't look and see where God wants to take you. When you're wrapped up in the here and now, you can't get you can't get a revelation of the then and there. The other problem with looking down at your feet is proverbially, amen, if David did have a crown on his head, it would have tilted. And there's people that when they go through it, their crown begins to tilt. You go from when everything's right, I'm, I'm preaching real good to some folks. When everything's going right, you got your chin up. Praise God. But you let one bad thing start happening. Some people actually do this physically. They start. And that crown begins to tilt. And now their perception of themselves starts to change. Maybe I'm not really a king. Maybe I'm really... I know God said that. I know God called that. I, I know God spoke that, but maybe... Maybe it's no longer valid. Come on. And in that moment, David got a revelation about his God. Not only does God defend me, not only is God there, and He's He my glory's not wrapped up in all this other stuff. My my glory's wrapped up in who God is. But at his lowest low, he got a revelation. Of a God that will lift up his head. In the moments. When you don't feel like smiling. Head hanging down. In the moments. When you don't feel good enough. Head hanging down. 
In the moments where life is not working out the way you thought it should. Head hanging down. David got a revelation about God. God doesn't leave you in those moments. Somebody ought to give him praise today. For a God that doesn't leave you where you are. For a God that doesn't leave you how you feel. For a God that doesn't leave you in that position. David, he later pins these words. But thou, O Lord, I know what I'm experiencing. He's even asking questions. How? How was it always going wrong? Anybody ever felt that? How is it multiplying all those that are rising up against me? I know maybe why, but I just want to know how it's happening so quick. But when I get my mind off of the how and the whys and the what's of life, and I start thinking, but thou, O Lord, I get my mind off of me, put my mind on thee. There's something that begins to happen in David's spirit. There's an uplifting of his head. He stops looking at where he is. And for the first moment, he could look at where God's taken him. But thou, O Lord, are a shield for me. You're my glory. And even when I can't lift my own head up, even when I don't feel like it, God, I know you're the one that'll lift me up. Let's lift our hands and let's pray. Come on, somebody pray. I know right now you can't lift your head up. And maybe I'm not preaching to where you are, but I'm preaching to where you've been. And maybe I'm not preaching where you are, but I'm preaching where you're going. And there's going to come a day when they say you ought to have a smile on your face, but you don't want to get up out of bed. And maybe you've already experienced those moments, and you're going to think there's no way I can get through this. But you're getting a revelation today. I want you to put in your treasure box. But thou, O oh Lord, are the one that lifts my head up when I can't lift it up myself. It's because of this revelation David could write, Blessed be the Lord, because he heard the voice of my supplications. The Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him. And in spite of what everybody else thought or said, in spite of what I felt in the moment, he said, and I am helped. Somebody ought to shout that I am helped. They said there's no help for him and God. But I want you to say it again. I am helped. Therefore, my heart rejoices. My song will praise him. The Lord is their strength and the saving strength of the anointed. Save your people. Bless your inheritance. Feed them also. And because I got this revelation about God for myself, I can believe it for you. Lift them up. Well, Pastor, there ain't no help for me. I am helped. Pastor, I just can't see beyond where I am. I believe there's a God that'll help you and He'll lift up your head.
David would also write this. We, we say this often. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors. Not only does God lift up your head, but something happens after you lift up your head, Bishop. And the King of glory shall come in. Can I preach for a moment about the lifter up of your head? When you can't lift up your head, uh, he'll help you. Amen. When you, when everybody said, ain't no help for you, God says, I will help you, and I'll lift up your head. But something else follows. Uh, the one that gets their head lifted up, uh, the king of glory comes in. Well, I just lost my throne, and I'm no longer king. But David, if you could ever let God lift up your head, uh, there will be a king of all kings uh, that will show up. Uh, there will be a king. That's stronger than you are as king. David could write this. I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. Amen. Some people said there was no help for David. But David said when God lifted up my head, I saw my help. David would begin to write, amen, to lift up your hands, amen, to the Lord. David would begin to write, amen, about being lifted up in your soul and my soul being exalted. Amen. David got this revelation about a God that lifts up his head came to church today maybe with your head hanging down and your crown began to tilt and misalign but before this building before you leave this building before you leave this altar call I believe with all my heart Amen. As you lift up your hands here today, Amen. There's going to be a lifting up of your head, Amen. And God's going to begin to enter into your life, and God's going to be able to turn some things around. I want us to pray all across the building. Would you lift up your hands? You can't lift up your hands without lifting up your head. You can't look towards the hills without lifting up your head. You can't lift up your praise without lifting up your head and saying, Amen, uh, I want to see the help that's coming. Uh, amen, there's something in this building uh, that when God gets you, Amen, you can't really shout in triumph uh, without first letting God lift up your head. Uh, you can't look to the hills unless you first let God lift up your head. Uh, you can't lift up your hands and really worship until you first let God lift up your head. Uh, I want to tell you there's a God in the building that is going to lift up your head. I want to open up this altar. Would you come to the front? Maybe you're there right now. Maybe you're going to be there. Or maybe you've been there for a while. I want to invite you down to the front. But I don't want you to come with your head hanging down. We're going to do an act of faith here today. Depression's going to go right now in the name of Jesus. There's going to be true joy that supersedes happiness. There's going to be true joy and peace that supersedes all the turmoil you face. And as you come, I want you to lift up your hands. And when you lift up your hands, I want you to lift up your head in the physical and believe that in the spiritual God's going to lift up your head come on when David began to cry unto the Lord he got a revelation God started lifting up his head when God when David started praying God started lifting when David started praying God started exalting when David started praying everything started turning around for his good Come on, that's it. I feel the Holy Ghost. Right now, in the name of Jesus, he's going to lift your head. There's a lifting in this building. There's a lifting in this building in the name of Jesus.
Come on. God wants to give you vision beyond your eyesight of where you are. A vision for the future. A vision for possibilities. A vision for where you could be. Amen. In a little bit of time beyond where you are and how you feel right now. Let him lift your head so you can see it. It's okay to be honest in this altar call. God, I'm not doing okay. God, I'm not doing all right. God, my head's hanging low, but I hear the preacher and I've got faith. I'm going to lift up my eyes to the hills. Would you lift my head? I am a child of God. I'm no longer a slave. Somebody pray right now. Come on, I know you, you, you're you a little concerned about the pressure. I'm not letting anybody think it's you I'm preaching about. But right now, if you would be honest and pray and lift up your hands, God's going to lift your hand. your head you get freedom when you let him lift your head you get a shout of triumph when you let him lift your head you get a song a new song
Somebody give a praise. 